Good morning. Today is Monday, September 6th, 2021. I want to share with you a Facebook post that was written by a friend of mine, Alex Ozar. In order to do so, I need to start with some background, and it concerns the subject of the Haftorah that we will read tomorrow, the first day of Rosh Hashanah, the selection from the prophets. It is a selection from the beginning of the book of Shmuel, the prophet Samuel. And the story goes like this. This is a narrative that occurs near the end of the period of the Shoftim. That's the first era after the Jewish people enter the land of Israel. That era lasts approximately 400 years. And after this era, will usher in the era of Malachim, of the kings. In fact, Shmuel, the prophet who wrote this work, and this is a narrative before he was born, it's about his birth, but Shmuel is the one who will be tasked by God to anoint the first king and the second king of Israel. That second king will be David Amalek, King David. So we're at the cusp. We're at the end of one era and the beginning of another historical era. And the story is about a married couple. The husband is named Elkanah and the wife is named Hannah. And Hannah is not able to have children. And it was the practice that Elkanah and Hannah and their family would go every year to Shiloh. Remember, before the Beis Hamikdash was finally built in Yerushalayim for many, many years, the Mishkan, the tabernacle, the sanctuary, stood in its original form, its movable modular form, but it was located in Shiloh, which is a small town just north of Yerushalayim. So they would go to Shiloh. Vatakam Chana B'Shiloh. And Chana went on this giving year after she had been suffering for many years, not being able to have a child. The Eli HaKohen Yoshev Alakisei Al Mazuzas Hechal Hashem. Eli was the Kohen Gadol, the high priest. And it happened when she came, when Chana came, Eli was sitting on a chair in the doorway to the entrance of the Mishkan. Vihimaras Nefesh. Chana was very, very sad. And she came to the Mishkan to pray to God for a child. And she was crying bitter tears. And she prayed to God to please see the tears of your maidservant and remember me and don't forget me. And please, Hashem, she was praying to God, let me be blessed to be able to give birth to a child. While Hannah was praying with heartfelt emotion and sobs, while she was praying to God at the Mishkan, the Eli Shomer Espia, Eli, the Kohen Gadol, who was the spiritual leader of the Jewish people, he was watching her. And he didn't quite grasp what she was doing. 
she was speaking to herself. She was praying like we pray the Amidah, which, by the way, is a lesson that we learn from Hannah. She was praying silently, but but her lips were moving. She was forming the words because she was praying the words to God, but she was praying softly because she was only talking to God. She wasn't praying to any of the people around her. But Ailey didn't understand. And it's so curious that Ailey would not grasp what this woman was doing. He thought that she was drunk. He thought that she was inebriated. She was mumbling to herself and he couldn't hear what she was saying. Imagine a woman who is so holy who comes to pray and the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, the most important spiritual leader of the Jewish people doesn't understand, doesn't recognize that what she is doing is praying earnestly to God. Vayomer Eleha Eli. And Eli says to her, Admasai Tishtakarin. How long will you be in this holy place inebriated? Go away until you're cleaned up and you can come here in a respectful manner. What it must have been like for this woman who was suffering so much to be so misunderstood by who was supposed to be the greatest spiritual leader at that time. Vatan Chana Vatomer. Chana answered her respectfully, but she answered him. And she said, Lo Adani, no, my master. I am a woman who is burdened with sadness. I haven't drunk any wine or alcohol. I am pouring out my soul before God. Ailey realizes the terrible mistake he has made in misjudging this woman, in miscalculating what is in front of his eyes. And he realizes not only has he done a terrible disservice to this woman, but that he himself should make such a mistake is he realizes it is illuminating about something that is wrong within him. Vayan Eli Vayomer, Eli responds to her in contrition, and he says to her, Lachila Shalom, my daughter, my beloved young woman, go in peace. God will grant your request. Asher Sha'alt Mi'imo, that you have prayed for from God. I will intercede on your behalf. And with whatever righteousness I have within me, in spite of the terrible mistake I just made, I will intercede and God will grant your request. Our sages tell us that this took place on Rosh Hashanah. She went home by Yehilis Kufos Hayomim and it happened after a number of days, Vatar Chana Vatelet Bain. Chana gave birth to a son. Vatikra Shmo 
Shmuel, and she called his name Shmuel, ki mehashem she'altiv, because I requested this child from God, and God answered my prayer. And when the child was three years old, Vataleu ima kasher gamalosu, when he was three years old, Chana brought this young boy back to Shiloh. Vatvieu beis Hashem, Shiloh, she brought him back to the Mishkan at Shiloh v'anar nar, and this boy was already a little boy, three years old. And Eli was still there. It was the very end of his life. Vatomer bi Adoni, chay nafshecha Adoni, ani ha'isha hanitzeves imcha bazelis palula Hashem, I am the one, I am the woman who was here three years ago, a little bit more than three years ago, and I was the one who was praying for a son, for a child, and you blessed me that Hashem would answer my prayer, El Hanar Hazahis Paloti. For this child I prayed, Vayitain Hashem Asher Sha'alti Meimo. And God granted the request that I made of him when I was praying for him in your presence. This narrative has so many lessons that we are to learn from it. First of all, our sages tell us that all of the major rules of prayer, of how we pray to God, are derived from Chana. That in itself is a topic deserving of great attention the way we learn these lessons of how to pray to God from Chana. We also learn a tremendous, about, a tremendous amount about the nature of this has historic transition from one historical era to another. It is the end of an era and the beginning of another era. And there are so many lessons that we learn about this from this narrative. But finally, what I want to share with you this morning is that we learn very important lessons about how we are to act towards each other when we are praying together. And it's relevant at any time that we gather in prayer. But it is certainly relevant as hopefully we are joining in prayer on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, or if we're not joining in prayer in the synagogue, we're joining in prayer maybe with our family at home, or maybe we're joining in prayer with me, myself, and I in my home. Here's the post that I wanted to share. Of course, it's written in the style of a Facebook post. Alex Ozar. Guy behind me in shul sounds like he's just being a jerk talking during davening. You know how it is. You go to shul, of course, not at a death. It never happens. But you go to shul and the guy behind you or the gal beside you, they're talking, they're distracting you. You wish to yourself, can't you at least have a little respect? At least if you're not going to daven, at least talk to yourself so you're not distracting and bothering other people. <sighs> or when the rabbi is talking, you know, okay, if you want to take a nap, take a nap, but you don't have to snore. You don't have to talk so loudly that the other people who nebuch, they want to listen to the rabbi. They're not able to hear the rabbi because you're talking so loudly. All right. 
So this is the post. Guy behind me in shul sounds like he's being a jerk talking during davening. And then I realize he's actually saying an extended series. Thank you, God, for this. Please, God, help me with that. I appreciate this. I wish for that. I praise you for this. And then Alex writes, and then I knew what Eli, Eli, the Kohen Gadol, I know what Eli felt like. You're in shul and you think someone is distracting. You think someone is upsetting you. You think someone is irritating you. But it turns out they're just pouring out their heart. They're just expressing their thoughts in whatever way they are able to do it. Maybe it's not the way that I'm used to, but they're trying to connect to God. When we come to shul, when we pray with other people around us, other people may feel, may express real emotion, especially during the high holiday prayers. Of course, we all should. But if someone is expressing themselves in a sincere manner, in a way that I don't recognize, or in a way that makes me somehow uncomfortable, but they are trying to connect to God, even if I don't relate to it, let's try not to rush to judge. Let's try not to rush to be irritated by how someone else is praying. Let's try not to make Ailey's mistake. Many years ago, I heard this story. I've shared it before. It happened in a shul. There was a man, an elderly gentleman, who was a regular in this synagogue, much beloved by the congregation, prayed with great sincerity. And it happened that this man had a stroke. And he was gone from shul for a long time, for several months. And he recuperated and he was able to return to shul. And everyone was so happy to see him. And they honored him by asking him to read, to chant the Haftorah, to receive the honor of the Haftorah. And he was called up to the Torah and he was reciting, chanting the Haftorah. And during the middle of the Haftorah, he began to cry. People around him were worried that maybe he was not sufficiently recuperated. Maybe he was struggling to be able to do it. And they came up to him. Are you sure you can continue? Would you like to sit down? And he motioned to them to sit down. I'm fine. I'm fine. And he continued and he finished. Afterwards, he said the following. He said, in years gone by, in former times, when a person would read the Haftorah, would chant the Haftorah, and it was a particularly emotional Haftorah, if a person would not cry, people would come up to him and say, what's wrong? Why aren't you crying? Is something wrong with you? Is something going on? Because of course we should cry when we read an emotional haftorah, when we read an emotional prayer. Of course we should cry and express emotion. And now, today, when I express emotion, people come up to me and they say, is something wrong? Are you able to continue? 
what's wrong with you. We should be inspired by the heartfelt prayers around us. And we should allow ourselves to express real emotion through prayer. It's okay. It's okay. It's the right time. It's the right place during prayer, especially on the high holidays, to express emotion, to be aroused to tears. It's so much easier to cry when there are arms around you. That's what it means to pray together with others. My friends, I want to wish you a very heartfelt, sincere, emotional, and uplifting high holiday season. Shana Tova. I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.